afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It's Rob Port, 970 WDAY AM, 93.1 FM. Welcome to your Friday after. Oh, it's not Friday for you folks. It's Friday for me, though. Yeah. Because I decided I'm not working tomorrow. I had taken a day off. I don't know why your producer shouldn't get that same day off. What's up with that? Don't, don't look at me. I don't write the schedules. Hey, hey. I'm you, not in charge of that. You need to renegotiate this contract. <laughs> Rene- That's all I'm renegotiate saying. Renegotiate my... I'm fine. Your I'm taking tomorrow off. To but- include me. To include you. Yeah. That's what I got to do. Oh. Well, maybe we'll, we will talk about that off air. Eric. Okay. All right. Sounds good. My point is I'm taking tomorrow off because, uh, honestly, it's... Uh, well, I don't take that many days off. You know, we can only accumulate. I, f- I figured this out. I-, I got around to reading the employee handbook. We can only accumulate so many vacation days, vacation hours. Uh, and I'm getting up to the point where it's uh, use it or lose it territory. So yeah. I'm going to use some of it. I'm taking tomorrow off. Uh, former Governor Ed Schaefer is going to be sitting in with me. Uh, and that should, uh, or not with me, for me. And that should be a lot of fun. Ed, uh, you know, I particularly Ed's, you know, got a pretty unique perspective uh on uh you know he's a long time um you know involved in north Dakota politics so i i think as we come into the heat of the senate race and the stuff going on with kavanaugh nationally i i think he will be uh um he'll be a lot of fun but he'll be on the show uh, tomorrow but for me today we got a very busy show ahead of us uh i'm gonna speak with a uh, a former executive director of the democratic national committee uh as a matter of fact this guy's been involved in democratic politics for a long time uh his name is brian lundy uh he became executive director of the democratic national committee he served as a campaign manager for the presidential bid of senator paul simon as well as a director of two winning campaigns uh, for the dnc chairmanship in 1981 1985 he served as campaign director of state party services from the dnc from 1981 to 1984 and as executive director of the dnc's committee to elect democratic governors in 1982 um he has been um a longtime uh, member of, uh, of, of of the Democratic politics, and uh, he he doesn't think Heidi Heitkamp can win in North Dakota. So he's going to come on the program. We're going to talk about his perspective on that. Um, that should be interesting. Now, I I don't I don't know that I necessarily agree with him. Uh, I don't think that this race is over by any stretch of the imagination. But that's what he thinks, and we're going to talk with him at twelve about um, with him about that at twelve thirty. Also coming up at one o'clock, Kelly Armstrong is going to be calling in, uh, give us a little update on that U.S. House race. Uh, and then also at 135, Kaylee McEnany from the uh, Republican National Committee, the GOP, is going to be on. We'll talk about the uh, the politics around Kavanaugh heading into the weekend. And by the way, speaking of which, we got another poll last night. Now, earlier this week, we had a poll commissioned by the NBC affiliates in the state, which showed Hike Camp plus 10. Uh, and that prompted a lot of people, you know, Heitkamp's supporters and that to come out and try to poke some holes in it. Democrats released partial polling for the state, which which I think created more eye rolling than it did. You know, uh, Democrats say, oh, but, but Heidi's winning in, in Fargo, West Fargo and Grand Forks. Uh, OK, but what about the rest of the state? Senate votes the whole state. Democrats. So anyway, I think it produced a lot of eye rolling. But here's the problem is. While uh, Heidi Heitkamp's political allies were trying to knock down that poll, we got another poll, this one commissioned by Fox News uh, from a well-respected uh, survey company. That one shows Kramer plus 12. 
in the Senate race. So now two polls this week, one plus 10, one plus 12. Both have Kramer leading. Now, the thing I think to remember about the Senate race, again, is Kevin Kramer has led in every publicly available opinion poll since February. The idea that Kevin Kramer is winning this race is not new. You know, I I think Heidi Heitkamp's been in trouble for a long time now. The thing is that something's been happening in the last few weeks that has caused things in this race to shift dramatically. And I don't know what else. We talked about this extensively yesterday. I don't know what else it can be other than Kavanaugh. I don't know what else could be going on in this race other than there is a, a serious, serious backlash from voters over Brett Kavanaugh. And it is it is blowing up in Heitkamp's face right now. I, by the way, they're supposed to be having uh, they were supposed to be having a debate tomorrow, sponsored by the AARP to be broadcast on Prairie Public. Uh, that debate has now been canceled, uh, and the reason why is is because of of the Kavanaugh votes that are coming up this weekend. Right? There's going to be a series of votes on cloture and everything else. Um, they always got to make everything so complicated. There's never just one up or down vote. But anyway, all that's coming up this weekend. It, it gets canceled because of that. Uh, it, I mean, this Kavanaugh thing just won't go away. I mean, if, if anything, that, that debate was probably going to be an opportunity for Heitkamp to maybe do something to shift the narrative, right? Stop the bleeding. She, she's got to do something. She's got to get something out there. As a matter of fact, I, I would fully expect her campaign to come out with some broadside against Kramer pretty soon. That's what Heitkamp does. When, uh, when she's losing, is she goes intensely negative, and we'll probably see that. But at this point, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what's going to be. I, the problem is, is, is she is suffering right now because her national party, the National Democratic Party, has gone hugely negative on Brett Kavanaugh. So we know that Senator Heitkamp, when she's losing, she goes negative against, I mean, that's sort of her, her modus operandi is – when she needs to win an election, she slings mud. She goes negative. She, you know, it's it's a campaign of per- character assassination. We've seen this in her campaigns throughout her political career. But if she's suffering right now because her party is perceived as being too negative and too unfair to Brett Kavanaugh, can she correct that problem by going negative and launching ugly attacks against Kevin Kramer? Probably not. Also, by the way, uh, interesting thing in that Fox News poll, right, aside from that top line where it shows Kevin Kramer plus 12, uh, the other interesting thing in that poll is that Kramer leads Heitkamp among women. Now, he doesn't have a majority. He has a plurality. But among women, he's at 47, Heitkamp's at 43. Among men, Kramer's at 54, Heitkamp's at 40. But among women, Kramer's beating Heitkamp, according to this poll. Now, it's narrow, and you could say it's within the margin of error, but maybe not what you would expect given the attacks on Kramer in recent weeks, right? Because what's the thing that we saw? That that Kevin Kramer made comments about Brett Kavanaugh and the accusations against Brett Kavanaugh on this show. He made comments about Brett Kavanaugh and the accusations against Brett Kavanaugh on other shows. Senator Heitkamp and her political operatives clipped those comments, pitched them to the national media. They made national headlines for days, right? It was all over the place. You know, they they cut ads on it, right? They really ran this campaign to try to make those comments hurt Kramer. Where's the evidence that it hurt him? 
Not only have we seen an, a, a spike in Kramer's polling, not only has, has he gone from having a consistent but very small lead over Heitkamp in one poll after another in the last two polls, all of a sudden he's got double-digit leads. And in the Fox News poll, he leads among women. I mean, to me, that, that indicates that this stuff that Heitkamp's doing on Kavanaugh is not working. In fact, not only is it not working, not only is it not moving the needle, it's moving the needle in the other direction. It is backfiring. It is blowing up in Heitkamp's face right now. Now, of course, to caution this, and and, and let's be fair to Democrats, they are rightly pointing to the fact that the polls showed Heitkamp down 10 points uh, in 2012, but she came back and won. If anybody could pull that out, it's Heidi Heitkamp. She is very, very good. She's one of the most skilled politicians, frankly, I've ever seen in 15 years of writing about politics. She's probably one of the best, most skilled politicians this state's ever seen. So the Democrats could rightly say, well, you know, she's pulled this out before. And they're right, although that sounds a little bit like begging for lightning to strike twice. They're right. The problem is, 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 is in this situation, I, I don't... And I, I, should, I should finish that last thought. Uh, the other thing is, is that Heitkamp could come out and vote for Kavanaugh. And that could cause this spike to, to go back the other way. Right? I mean, because part of the problem is Heitkamp's been silent. And I think that's creating a big problem for voters. Nationally, her political party is perpetrating a travesty on Judge Kavanaugh and his family. That, that's just the reality of what it is. Which, by the way, I, there's a great column uh, Brett Stevens has a great column in the New York Times uh, where he says, for once, I'm grateful for Trump about that. I'm going to read some of that in a moment. But nationally, Senator Heitkamp's political party has been perpetrating an injustice on Judge Kavanaugh. And Senator Heitkamp here in North Dakota, who's been posturing herself as this pra- pragmatic, centrist person uh, who doesn't stand for that sort of thing, she's been silent about it. She hasn't said a thing about it. I think that's creating a dissonance for her campaign. I think it makes it look like her maneuvering. And the problem with a certain amount of political maneuver, maneuvering is fine. Too much political maneuvering, and you start to come off as plastic. You start to come off as inauthentic, insincere. And I think that's what she's suffering from right now. But she could turn around and vote for Kavanaugh. And she could come out with a robust defense of that vote, pushing back against her liberal people. And that would probably help shift these polling numbers. Would it be enough? I don't know. But speaking for that, let me read from this Brett Stevens. This was published in the New York Times. Brett Stevens, a New York Times columnist, he wrote, I quote, For the first time since Donald Trump entered the political fray, I find myself grateful that he's in it. I'm reluctant to admit it and astonished to say it, especially since the president mocked Christine Blasey Ford in his ugly and gratuitous way at a rally on Tuesday. Perhaps it's worth unpacking this admission for those who might be equally astonished to read it. I'm grateful because Trump has not backed down in the face of slipperiness, hypocrisy, and dangerous standard-setting deployment, uh, dangerous standard-setting deployed by opponents of Brett Kavanaugh's nomination to the Supreme Court. I'm grateful because ferocious and even crass obstinacy has its uses in life, and never more so than in the face of sly moral bullying. I'm grateful because he's a big, fat hammer fending off razor, a razor-sharp dagger, A few moments have crystallized my view over the past few days. The first moment was a remark by a friend. I'd rather be accused of murder, he said, than of sexual assault. 
feel the same way. One could think of excuses for killing a man, none for assaulting a woman. But if that's true, so is this. Falsely accusing a person of sexual assault is nearly as despicable as sexual assault itself. It inflicts psychic, familial, reputational, and professional harms that can last a lifetime. This is nothing to sneer at. The second moment connected to the first, boo-hoo-hoo, Brett Kavanaugh is not a victim. That's the title of a column in the Los Angeles Times which suggests that the possibility of Kavanaugh's innocence is, quote, infinitesimal. Yet false allegations of rape, while relatively rare, are at least five times as common as false accusations of other types of crime, according to academic literature. So when did the possibility of innocence become, for today's liberals, something to wave off with an archly unfeeling boo-hoo? Great stuff. I've, I've linked it at my, at, uh, on my Facebook page, if you're Facebook friends with me, and if you're not, you should be. Uh, go check it out and link to it. But that's Brett Stevens' column, bringing it back to the North Dakota Senate race. I think that's how a lot of North Dakota's right-leaning electorate is feeling right now. Senator Heitkamp's political party, again, has been running a crusade against Brett Kavanaugh. Senator Heitkamp's been silent about it to this point, and it's killing her in the polls. I, I would I would expect at this point I, I think I think Heitkamp's going to vote for Kavanaugh and she's going to come out swinging against the liberals and uh, I don't know I guess we'll see how that strategy works out for her. Eric. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at wday dot com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Port nine seventy WDYM ninety three point one FM seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at wday dot com. Uh, I don't think there's any question that Heidi Heitkamp's on the ropes right now. Uh, my next my my next guest in the next segment, uh, Brian Lundy, former executive director of the Democratic National Committee. Uh, he thinks he he thinks the race is pretty much over. He doesn't see a path to victory for her. I'm not sure I'd go that far, but I think she's in trouble. Janet emails. She says, I hope to God Heidi wins just to shut you up. It's all you can talk about all the time, she says. That last part was all in caps. I feel like I should read all in caps like like the shouting. <laughs> like just to give people. Here we go. All you can talk about all the time. That's how she wrote it. Uh, women will come out for Heidi. Hope Kramer loses. That's just how she wrote it, folks. I, I don't know what else to do with the caps. Um, Janet, I, I don't know. You look at the polling, Janet. Kramer's winning among women. I mean, at the very least, you can say they're tied among women uh, within the margin of error. I mean, if, if I, 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 th- I think there's this expectation on the left that there's going to be this, like, upswell in female anger because of the Kavanaugh thing or whatever. I think a lot of those women also have sons, husbands, brothers, fathers, and understand that while it's terrible for anybody to be sexually assaulted, it's also equally terrible to have your life destroyed by unsubstantiated accusations. Caller, Ken, you're on. What's up? Well, I mean, it's no no great shakes to say Diane Feinstein did not do Heidi Heitkamp any, any favors here. If she votes no, she kind of tanks her campaign, I mean, with, with the poll numbers that, that are there. If she votes yes and loses then she's burned a lot of bridges, and she's going to have people call, call, you know, chasing her around yelling, shame, 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 forever, because she's given Kavanaugh you know, a green light. There, there's really a, a Hobbesian choice going on here for her. I, I like that, Hobbesian choice. I think you're absolutely right. Um, and, and you're right, because my feeling is she could probably improve her standing in the polls if she says... Um, 
if she says if she comes out and she votes for Kavanaugh and then makes a robust defense of that vote and pushes back on some of what the Democrats have been have been doing nationally on Kavanaugh, I think she could win some back. The problem, though, is, is on the flip side. What does she do to voter turnout from her base? Because now she's out yep. there. She voted for somebody. Her political base is now accepting as an article of faith is a drunken, angry, belligerent sex offender. And she's okay, a woman, and Senator Heike so not, not only voted for him, more you know symbolically for the left than just another man voting. She, she's a woman giving him cover. She is a female Democrat, you know, and now, I mean, once once someone like Heitkamp crosses over and votes for Kavanaugh, and I, I'm starting to think that she probably will. Uh, it's a Hobbesian choice, but it's still, she has to make a choice. She's not going to be able to get away with voting present. Um, I, think, so, I think she you knows know, she, what the poll numbers are. They have internal polls. I think she says, you know, this, this, this race is lost, and I'm voting because I, I want a life after I lose. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, you you convinced me that way too. I don't know what she's gonna do, Ken. I honestly don't. I and, but I but I think I think that's the thing is I don't know that there's a good option for her here. No, there's not. In, in terms of winning the Senate race, I, I don't I don't know that there's a good way because either way she's gonna lose votes. And the truth of the matter is, uh, someone I mean even setting aside these last two polls, which show Kevin Kramer up by with double digit leads. Before that, we have you know. Polling going all the way back to February, showing Kramer with a consistent small lead. Heidi Heitkamp can't afford to lose any votes, but there's no way for her to vote on Kavanaugh. That's not going to cost her votes. I don't. I don't think there's any way that she can vote that puts her in the plus column coming out of that vote. I don't know. I guess it's how bad do you want to be a senator, even even with with crazy people chasing you around your life for the rest of your life? You know, shame, shame, shame. Yeah. Okay, you're a senator, but you're going to be unliked. <laughs> you're gonna hate it yeah yeah well ken thanks for the call appreciate it 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 email talk at wday.com i mean a big chunk of this is just completely out of senator heitkamp's control because a lot of this is i mean she could do whatever she wants but there's going to be a faction of voters that look and say okay fine senator heitkamp voted for kavanaugh she could be reasoned with but still, she's going to put that Democrat, the Democratic Party that did this to Kavanaugh in the majority in the Senate. That's that's irrefutable, and that's going to be a problem with her. Anyway, we're going to talk with Brian Lundy, former executive of the Democratic National Committee. Uh, he is not at all. He, he doesn't think Heitkamp can win. We'll talk with him coming up next. This is a Rob Report. Don't go away. Emailer Tom asks, uh, where will the debate between Kramer and Heitkamp tomorrow take place? I just read in the forum there is a debate, but did not see a location. Uh, there isn't a debate tomorrow. It's been canceled. Uh, there has to be a vote. Uh, I, and I'm assuming, I, I don't know that anybody's explicitly, I think everybody's just assuming that there's, you know, obviously votes heading into the weekend regarding the Kavanaugh situation. And Senator Heitkamp's going to need to be in Washington, D.C. And that means she can't be in North Dakota at a debate. And I'm not, I, and I, I say that not negatively about Senator Heitkamp at all. It's understandable. She's got to go to Washington and do her job. I wish she'd given us some inclination of, how she feels about Kavanaugh up to this point. I think I think I think now any idea that she her mind's not made up is a little silly. I think at this point it's it's posture. But that's just me. Um but anyway, Tom, no debate tomorrow. They haven't they haven't rescheduled it. Uh all right. My guest now is Brian Lundy. He is a former executive director of the Democratic National Committee. Uh a long time uh a long time involved in in um 
Democratic politics. Also, uh, Brian is uh, is a North Dakotan and knows a thing or two about politics in our state. And uh, Brian, you um, you're kind of sour. Uh, first of all, thanks for your time, and, and you're a little sour on whether or not Senator Heitkamp can win this race. Uh, yes, thank you, Rob, for having me today. I just uh, I, I think I've uh, I've never quite thought she would could be positioned to win in a midterm election out here in, in North Dakota just because turnout's going to drop by about 80,000 votes. So if there's about 260,000 voters coming and uh, Representative Kramer brings about a minimum a floor of about 140,000 votes to the deal, you do the math and you're at 53, 54%. Just looking at math and history uh, out here that she probably needed that presidential election turnout to win in the first place to squeak out that one-tenth of one percent. So just the math is a problem. But then probably more importantly, when President Trump was elected, she made a fatal decision in the early days to remain as what I call a calculating politician versus a conviction politician. She the rhetoric was fine, but it's really pretending, if you, if you boil it all down, it's kind of a pretending to work with President Trump, and we're seeing that right up to today. So whether it's the tax cuts or Judge Kavanaugh, she's gotten herself in a position where, like you had said, just said before we went on, posturing, uh, pretending, and not showing in reality that she is aligned with her constituents out here. So that fatal decision back in Early 2017 might have, you know, it might be one of those things where it was really over bef- uh, before it began. But that's been my kind of prediction out here. So, so you're not even basing this because I think a lot of people right now are feeling like the Kavanaugh situation has shifted things. And what you're saying is, I mean, you're saying it kind of almost over before it, it began. I, I do, th- I mean, and I think there's some evidence from that. Looking at the public. The, at the publicly available polling, Kramer's had a, a small but consistent lead going back to February. In fact, there's only been one poll released publicly that has shown Heitkamp winning at all. Uh, that was a Gravis marketing poll released in, in February. Um, it's been a long time since anything showed her winning. Uh, and by the way, there was an NRSC-backed poll shortly before that, which which showed her her losing. So there's been one poll that shows her winning. Kramer's had small leads. Now his lead suddenly in these last two polls has jumped up to double digits. I think that's Kavanaugh. But I think the polls prove out your point, which is that she may not have ever really been in this race. You know, that's where I come from uh, right now, that you, you've got to – You've got to, what I would call the abandonment strategy. You know, in those days after Trump, you have to abandon the position of the Senate Democratic Caucus in Washington and align with your constituents. And they see very quickly that if you're trying to straddle this, if you're trying to calculate everything, uh, it catches up with you. That, that, you know, her reputation in Washington is she'll be with Trump, but she's never going to be the 50th or 51st vote. Well, you see right through that. That's a calculation. And that catches up with you over time. And now the Kavanaugh situation is really icing on that cake that was baked. Uh, so he's, uh, you know, Representative Kramer probably runs up the score a little bit because of Kavanaugh. But I think you had a 53, 54, 46 race anyway. Uh, and that she's just out of step with the state. And it's happened throughout 
uh, our recent history when a state that, let's say, votes uh, Republican over time pretty consistently for president, it ultimately filters down and catches all the other federal elected officials, whether it's a West Virginia, Kentucky, Alabama, what happens is it it finally penetrates down and, and all the federal officials align with the constituents in their state. And it's just a matter of time. And we're probably going to see that in Missouri, Indiana, Montana. This isn't just a phenomenon about her. But if you are a Democratic politician out of step with your constituents and, and, and people see a, a calculating politician, it's deadly. It's it's fatal. And I think she, you know, she had the luxury of her first four years to be able to hide inside that Democratic caucus with no presidential, uh, you know, conservative philosophical issues going on over her head. Uh, But once people saw the tax cuts, now this and you're and you're not aligned, you, you can get on the wrong side of the electorate real fast. 701-293-9000, 888-970-0590, 888-970-9390, email talk at WDAY.com. Now, I, I think what you're saying is interesting about getting in line with your constituents. I think it becomes very, when you look at, from my perspective, Brian, when we look at your, your political party and how far they've shifted, I, I, don't, I don't want to say shifted to the left because I, I feel like that's simplifying something that's a lot more complicated, but... There, it, there doesn't seem to be a lot of, of time spent by Democrats caring about the sort of issues that are important to North Dakota, important to this part of the world, um, the, the kitchen table issues, so to say. Um, I, I feel like Democrats are a very urban, very coastal party right now, and there's just not a lot of room in there for red state, farm state Democrats like Heidi Heitkamp. Now, there used to be. I mean, we, we turned the clock back to, to the 1980s. And we look at Kent Conrad, Byron Dorgan. Um, it's it's not just that the Democrats have abandoned those issues that they championed, but President Trump, I think, in a lot of ways, has adopted them. And I've I've been saying this for a while now. You listen to some of what President Trump says on trade. It sounds like he could have read it in Byron Dorgan's book, "Take This Job and Ship It," uh, that that was written a decade or so ago. I mean, it's 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 really been sort of remarkable to watch. But it leaves a candidate like Senator Heitkamp with kind of nowhere to go. No question about it. And see, you know, Senator Senators Dorgan and Conrad, for instance, they were seen as North Dakota Democrats. And once you get seen as a national Democrat, that severs any emotional tie people have to a, a Democratic Party of the past or, uh, you know, a verdict, a Dorgan, a Conrad. Once that you are a national Democrat, you have then severed this tie to be a North Dakota Democrat or a South Dakota Democrat or an Arkansas Democrat. Once that gets severed, that emotional attachment to the past, there's almost no future in, in, that, in that situation. And she's gotten caught up in now being basically in a national Democrat definition. A, a party that really, I, I say the curtain has dropped on the old order. That we're yeah we're going to say Democrat and Republican, but we really mean the party of Trump against a radical left network of groups. That that isn't really even a party anymore uh, that I remember. You know we had eleven Democrats support Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court. Eleven. You can't even fathom such a thing happening anymore. That's how far this has moved the National Party to the left to a radical. A fringe thing. I'm, I'm, I'm. For for lack of a better 
term, I'm calling it the, the grievance party. It's a collection of people with grievances. Well, you'll be in a minority position, as far as I can see, against somebody like President Trump now, who has captured a vast uh, you know, array of the political landscape in the center. So he is now the centrist party, the Trump party, versus this thing that's evolving. It will get a name, but it's not going to be competitive in presidential elections or major right. Senate elections uh, for a long time. Well, I mean, we've we've seen this 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 realignment of of the national parties r- repeatedly through, throughout history. I mean, you I mean you you go and you yeah. look at uh, in, in some ways Donald Trump's a lot like frankly Calvin Coolidge was on on trade. Um, it's mm-hmm. there's a lot of similarities there. So I mean, we've we've seen these realignments before, but in the moment, I mean, it's it's chaotic. It's and and I think Senator Heitkamp, I think her appeal in North Dakota was very much predicated on the old order, and that old order I'm not sure exists anymore. Um, which is which is obviously a problem for her trying to get reelected this year. Now I, I agree with you on the fundamentals. Would you agree with me that that Senator Heitkamp I, I think has badly miscalculated her her politics on Kavanaugh because while she's been mostly silent herself on Kavanaugh, her surrogates, her campaign people have been attacking Kramer for his comments on Kavanaugh. Comments that, frankly, I think most North Dakota voters are sympathetic to. And, and so I think a situation that was already bad for her, she made worse by going after 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 Kramer. And now there's this backlash, which I think is why the last two polls show Kramer with a double, double-digit lead. Yeah, these big, big decisions, uh, you have to make them. You can't get positioned as making a political decision. It, it can become too late. It has become too late, so now she's in a lose-lose, really. It doesn't really matter. She either loses part of her base or people see right through that it was just a political calculation. She had a moment. She, I, I had said earlier on that she, she came to a fork in the road the day after uh, Dr. Ford's letter leaked, and that's when she needed to abandon the Democratic position and say, I'm a former attorney general. And I believe in the presumption of innocence. She could have really gotten up on her high horse and separated from the National Democratic Party, but she had a, a day or two to do that. And she threw in with further investigation rather than, uh, look, you know, I am a former attorney general. Six days after a, process, a confirmation process is over, you don't do this to another human being, let alone yeah. 35 years ago. Yeah. And we'll never know. I think truth. that would have helped. So I'm going with President Trump, you know. Yeah, but she, I, I but think that would have helped. That one day window, she missed it. Okay, and again, she's you know she she just make it. So what if she, people see through it? What if what if this weekend she announces she's voting for Kavanaugh, and then she comes out with a robust uh, defense of that vote and pushes back against her national party? Do you think that's enough? No, it you know people people see through it. They know a political decision and a decision based on conviction. And now if you made a I call it the bell curve of credit. At the top of that bell curve, you've got to you've got to hit that thing at the top. If you get behind it and people see through it that you're just a politician, a national democrat politician making a calculation just to win, to get a victory, they it's too late. Certain decisions, big decisions become too late. I don't care if it's the tax cut or Kavanaugh. You cannot make a late decision on these fundamental uh, drivers of of our elections, these big moving, you know, parts of an election. And you get on the wrong side of that or on the back side of that curve, you don't get any credit for it, even if you make the right decision. 
Yeah. Brian, I appreciate your time and, and coming out and, and speaking um, and, and, and certainly appreciate your, uh, your time on the show today. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate it. Okay. That's Brian, Brian Lundy, former executive director of the Democratic National Committee. This is Rob Port 970, WDY AM 93.1 FM. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Port 970, WDY AM 93.1 FM. Uh, coming up in the next segment, uh, U.S. House candidate Kelly Armstrong is going to be on. We'll talk with him about that House race. Uh, and then also coming up at 1.30, we had a little change. Uh, Kaylee McEnany from the RNC was going to be on, uh, but she got, uh, I, I guess, delayed at an airport or something. Uh, so Mark Lauder, a former uh, advisor to uh, President Trump, is going to be on. Uh, that's coming up at uh, 1.30. Uh, plus your phone calls, a couple minutes left in this hour, 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. So, Eric, what did you make of that? I mean, that's that's a former national leader of the Democratic National Committee, former executive director, heavily involved in Democratic politics for years. He's saying, Heikamp may never have been in this race. I think what he brought up regarding Kavanaugh and the possibility of, of Heikamp coming out against what the other Democrats did uh, was a very valid point. I, I think that might have changed people's perception of her, at least with the Kavanaugh affair. Yeah. I think it might have helped, but he he could be right. I mean, she could have missed Mr. Window. I think if Senator Heitkamp came, if, if she voted for Kavanaugh this weekend and then came out just with a robust debate, just, just a robust defense of that vote, um, I think it could help her. You know, the question is, would it be enough? And, and also, what would it cost her, right? Because that's the other side of the equation. It's, right. not just about, it's not just about placating Republican-minded voters in North Dakota. It's also about her base, which she still needs. Yes. I mean, believe it or not, liberal voters exist in North Dakota. They're out there. They're a non-insignificant part of the, the electorate. And Senator Heitkamp can't really afford to lose many of those votes. So I don't know, I don't know what you do. I don't, I, I don't. I don't know. If, I don't know. If there's anything that she can do right now to to change the the perception of her and her voting record, and and like and like he said, just alienating a lot of yeah. people in North Dakota. I do think he made a really good point. And again, talking about Brian Lundy, our, our guest in our last segment, former uh, chairman, or, excuse, excuse me, excuse me, former uh, executive director of the Democratic National Committee. I don't think it should be lost on us that if, if Senator Heitkamp ultimately loses, I don't think it'll just be about Kavanaugh. Um, I think sometimes we like to distill election outcomes down into these simplistic causes, right? I think with Donald Trump, right, there's that cliche now, like, that's how we got Trump, right? You hear that everywhere. Um, that's simplistic. I mean, there's a lot of variables for why people vote the way they vote. A lot of them are very personal and very unique. Um, with Heitkamp, I, I, I think the problem is it's Kavanaugh is, I think, a symptom of a deeper problem, which is that Senator Heitkamp belongs to a political party that doesn't seem to care that much about North Dakota anymore uh, or places like North Dakota all that much anymore. And I think you could even go a step further and even see a manifestation for that this week in the way North Dakota Democrats responded to, you know, negative polling data we had earlier in the week. That um, polling commissioned by NBC affiliates would showed Kevin Kramer plus 10. Um, after that, but before we saw the Fox News poll that showed Kramer plus 12, they came out and, and Democrats tried to kind of muddy the waters around it by releasing polling for Fargo, West Fargo, and Grand Forks. They, oh, but, but Senator Heitkamp's winning in the Valley. 
Now, I, I, I realized that their intent was just to show, oh, the race is maybe closer than these other polls showing, which fine. But what you're kind of telling a vast swath of North Dakota is that you, you don't care about that much about Western North Dakota. Right? I mean, and, and that's been a problem for North Dakota Democrats in general. If, if nationally it can seem like, like Democrats don't care that much about rural states like North Dakota, within North Dakota it could seem like the state Democratic Party doesn't care that much about our most rural areas or our, our most western areas, our most conservative areas. That's a problem. Anyway, hey, more to come straight ahead. Kelly Armstrong's arm next. He's a Republican. He's running for the United States House. This is uh, Rob Port, 970 WDYM 93.1 FM. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Port, 970 WDYM 93.1 FM. Obviously, big news, an important thing. Uh, but, gosh, we've uh, we've been talking about this a lot um, with the, uh, the Kavanaugh nomination, which way she's going to do, and, and WDY getting the scoop um, that uh, – that you know, Senator Heidi Heitkamp is uh, going to be voting against uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Um, so that's, um, I, I guess, make of that what you will. Anyway, uh, my guest right now is uh, U.S. House candidate uh, Kelly Armstrong, uh, who is not running for the, um, the the chamber that will be voting on this, but maybe has an opinion on this anyway. Kelly, some some breaking news, kind of preempting our interview here. But but any thoughts? Yeah, I just heard it while I was waiting to come on the radio with you. Prior to that, I was listening to some national news, and they were debating which way she was going to vote. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's uh, good news for Kevin Kramer in a Senate race. Yeah, I I, I got to take it that way, you know. And and again, I, <laughs> I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about a race that's not your race, but um, I, I mean, I, there could. Yeah, well, I, I imagine you are used to it at this point. Uh, but I think there probably are some, uh, you know, obviously some some implications maybe down the ballot. Uh, Senator Heitkamp's obviously at the top of the ballot for for North Dakota Democrats. Uh, if if she's not doing well, I can't imagine it's 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 going to hurt. Uh, it, it's going to help, I, I guess, Democrats down the ticket. Yeah, I mean, I think Heidi Heitkamp's always proven she's been able to get more crossover votes in in past elections than other Democrats anyway, but. Um, yeah, I mean, just from what we're hearing out on the ground, the way the, Nas- or the Democrats in the U.S. Senate have handled this has not been very popular with North Dakota voters. Yeah, for sure. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Um, meanwhile, I mean, what are you hearing on the campaign trail? I- I'll tell you, it's-, it's hard to host a radio show right now without talking about the Brett Kavanaugh situation. But as you're out there on the uh, campaign trail, I mean, what's, what's important to voters, Kelly? Yeah, I mean, you know, every time we talk, Rob, some of the things are the same. You know, trade keeps coming up. The tax reform is still working in North Dakota. But in the last 10 days, 12 days, uh, had a lot of questions about the Kavanaugh nomination. And next week, I'm sure something else will pop up, and that'll be brand new, too. Obviously, the new trade deal with Mexico and Canada has people um, pretty excited around here in the egg community and uh, just all the way across the board. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, speaking of trade, we got some good news uh, not that long ago on trade. In and I keep wanting to call. What's the acronym again, Eric? That we decided for the trade deal. Yeah, I don't know why we couldn't have just stuck with. Yeah, whatever it is. We decided we were calling it Trump trade. So (laughs) that's that's easier. Anyway, we uh, President Trump, you know, getting a new deal with. 
uh, Canada with Mexico. Now, I, I understand Congress still has to confirm it, but a lot of the debate in your race has been about trade anxieties. Do you think that this puts some people's mind at ease that President Trump can handle this and can cut deals and can reach agreements with trades, despite what what I think maybe you would even acknowledge uh, is um, is uh, a, a kind of a belligerent and, and iconoclastic approach to it. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've said all the way along that, uh, I mean, people, I mean, North Dakota voted overwhelmingly for President Trump. They're willing to give um, President Trump a chance to do what he said he was going to do. But uh, we said all the way along in our campaign that, I mean, we need to see some progress, and this is definitely progress. And I think it's more than just talking about President Trump being able to get it done. I mean, just the way we're going to grade wheat going into Canada is a huge, or great, not just wheat, but all grains, is going to be a huge win for North Dakota farmers. Yeah, I, well, it, and, and drill down into that a little bit, because we've been hearing some of that, but, but uh, you know, because, and, and again, in the national reporting, this we we hear a lot about auto manufacturers and everything else. How specifically is that trade deal good for 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 wheat farmers and and for North Dakota generally? Well, and that's why I mean one thing about when we talk trade, we always talk tar- tariffs, but there's also all these other non-tariff trade barriers that exist. And one of the biggest ones for North Dakota wheat growers and grain growers was that Canada would grade. I mean, like for example, barley, all barley that goes into Canada has been graded as feed grade barley. Well, we grow some of the best barley in the world, and now we're going to have a more accurate trading relationship with Canada given the quality of products we produce. Yeah, and that's important given our proximity to Canada for sure. Um, what 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 else is what else is out there? I mean, obviously we're we're hearing that the winds nationally are are against Republicans in terms of. Of, of the House. Now, I think it's a much different picture in the Senate, but most people are projecting that the Republicans don't have a very good job of, uh, of holding on to the House. Now, I think that's the opposite here in North Dakota. I think public opinion polling has consistently shown you with a wide lead. Why is North Dakota different than, 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 than maybe the trends we're seeing in other parts of the country? Yeah, you know, when you're doing these races, I mean, this, I mean, this is the very definition of all races are local. Um, I, what, regardless of what other national trends are going on, we've noticed this since the beginning of this campaign and even before that. North Dakota Republicans are fired up. They want to support the president. They want to keep maintaining policies like the tax cuts and allow for North Dakotans to have more control over North Dakota destiny. Uh, North Dakota Republicans are fired up and ready for this midterm, and it's been it's been fun just to be a part of it. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, obviously the campaigns here in, in North Dakota are going pretty well. Um, now, now, Kelly, you've, uh, you've been traveling around the state. Um, we, we talk a lot about trade. We talk a lot about taxes. Obviously, uh, you know, with, with the Senate race going on, I've, I've had people joke to me that, that it would be difficult for, for the average North Dakotan, you know, especially since neither of you are statewide incumbents, it would be difficult for the average North Dakotan to even name who's in the House. So I'm, I'm not sure things are that bad. But uh, what are you doing right now to cut through some of the noise? I mean, we're up on TV. Uh, we've got to buy all the way out through the uh, through the rest of the election. But mostly, Rob, we're just getting out to every community we can and meeting with as many people as we can. We go on whenever anybody invites us on the radio. We come on. We try and tell our story. And um, it's, I think it's kind of fun that, I mean, for the first time in well over three decades, that uh, we have somebody running for federal office that neither candidate has statewide name ID. It's, I mean, 
it's great that we have a lot of people willing to serve publicly in the state, but it's also fun to get some new blood in once in a while, and I'm, I'm glad to be a part of that. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com if you have any um, if you have any comments or questions for uh, Kelly Armstrong. Now, Kelly, let's let's go back and talk about the, the Kavanaugh situation a little bit. Do you feel, and, I, and again, I, I know this isn't your race, and I, it's, it's a little painful asking for you, and I know you've had to campaign sort of in the shadow of the Senate race all along, but you used to be the chairman of the Republican Party. I mean, you you know a thing or two about this stuff. I look at this, my my first blush is this is almost Senator, and, and obviously her, her campaign's going to you know deny this, but... This almost seems like a tacit confession that they're out of this race, because I don't see how they come back from this. Um, yeah, I would never, ever count um, them out of a race until November 6th. I think we need to continue working forward. But I do think just from everything we've heard everywhere we've been that this is not the way the most, I mean, polling shows it, but just anecdotally when we're on the ground as well. I mean, th- I, that vote is not going to be with the majority of how North Dakota feel on Brett Kavanaugh. I just, I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that from what I've heard on the ground. I don't believe it from the numbers I've seen. So um, it's a vote. It's a vote against North Dakota. That is for sure. It, it sure seems that way. Do you feel like there's been a backlash? Because I, I, I think, in fact, I, I think Senator Heitkamp even, I think that those last two public opinion polls that we've seen the show, Kevin Kramer with a, a double digit lead basically over Heidi Heitkamp. I think, I think, I think, We've seen polls that show Kramer with a consistent small lead going all the way back to February. These last two polls are Kavanaugh. I mean, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think as much media attention as it's gotten and as how badly Democrats in D.C. have handled it, I think it's, it really is, uh, one, if not the top issue, one of the top issues on everybody's mind right now. You know, it's generational because it's a Supreme Court justice. It's obviously relevant because it's been going on um, nonstop, but it's also... It just shows how out of touch the National Democratic Party is with North Dakota values. Yeah, I, I, I think, and I think that's a problem for them. What did you think when <laughs> I was, I was laughing a little bit when Democrats were trying to knock down that first poll that showed Kramer with a ten-point lead, and they released polling in Fargo, West Fargo, and Grand Forks. Now, obviously, no slight to those communities; their votes are very important as well, but. I, I, it just kind of made me laugh. Like you're you're responding to a poll showing that Kevin Kramer's winning statewide by showing that you're winning in part of the state. That seemed desperate. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I think just the answer to that is North Dakota has been traditionally a tough state to poll in. We're the only state without voter registration. But I, I, if they had really good news in any of their poll numbers um, as they've been going through this campaign, you'd think at least somebody would have leaked them at some point in time. So far, the only thing we've seen are a couple crosstabs and a, a particular snapshot in time from particular cities. That's not exactly an a in-depth poll, and it's not exactly, I, I mean, it's not exactly a, a rousing defense. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, Kelly, I, I appreciate your time today, and uh, good luck out there on the campaign trail. And um, I'm sure certain we'll get your opponent, uh, Max Schneider, on here too a couple t- a couple times yeah. before the election because we like talking to both of you guys. You're both fun guys to talk yeah, to. Kelly, thanks for your time. Absolutely, and anytime you want me, you know how to get a hold of me, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Yep, thank thank you. Uh, this is the Rob Report, 970 WDOIM, 93.1 FM. We'll be back right after this. Oak away. Welcome back, Rob Report, 970 WDYAM, 93.1 FM, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. 
Uh, well, I, some shocking news, uh, Eric. Uh, that is that is not how I expected that to go. Um, I expected her to make what, what I thought would be the expedient political decision, which was to vote yes on him and come out swinging against against Democrats uh, over their opposition and, and what they've done with this. And, and she decided to vote no. Yeah, it was um, a no-win situation for her. I think we can all agree upon that, that there just wasn't a way I, that this could go that would go in her favor. There has never been a time. I have been very careful throughout this race to give Senator Heitkamp a lot of credit for her political skill and, and acumen. Um, you know, I've, I've been very careful to say that I would never, ever count her out of a race. I am closer right now than I have ever been to saying that she can't win this race. Yeah, I, I think, I, I think the, if the, the, the I, polls were to come out tonight or if there was polling done tonight, we would definitely see a larger lead for Kevin Kramer tomorrow. Before she, before, and, and remember, he has a double digit lead before she announced this. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of, Nor- a lot of, uh, North Dakotans. I mean, the, the backlash on this is going to be severe. I think, I think this is a legacy move for Senator Heitkamp. I think that this is, I, I want to say, and I, I don't want to get too caught up in this, but I, I want to say that this is Senator Heitkamp tacitly admitting that she's not going to win this race and deciding that if she can't win the race, then she's going to go out opposing Trump putting uh, another nominee on the court and specifically this nominee. What, but let's let's ask the audience. What do you think? Is this what do you think this does to Senator Heitkamp's reelection chances? Love to hear from you. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, let's see. We got a caller, Steve. You're on. What's up? Hey, Rob. How you doing? Hello. Pretty good. Hey, yeah, I'm um, here. What's up? The the thing I have with the Democrats to where this is all a political game. If he announced at the beginning or that he was pro-choice and he wouldn't vote to overturn Roe versus Wade. No, he'd already be confirmed. None of this would have happened. So this boils down to one thing. The Democrats have a litmus test for the Supreme Court, and if you're on the wrong side, they will destroy you. Otherwise, they wouldn't even look at all this stuff they're looking at. We, um, I, You know, Steve, I, I think a lot of people are thinking that way. I think there's a lot of people out there that, that it's, it's not just – it's become bigger than Kavanaugh. What it's become is an example of what the left will do to you if you're in a position to oppose them. And, and, and the fact that Senator Heitkamp is, if, you know, if, a vote for her is essentially a vote for giving those people more power. And I, I think that's, I honestly think that's why she's, she's going to lose the election now. I, I don't, I don't want to get, uh, you know, too carried away with that, but I, I really think it's true. Steve, thanks for the call. Dwayne emails. He says a no vote was her only play. I mean, it depends on the way you're looking at it. I don't think it was her only play, but I, I think that just cost her the election. Caller, Trent, you're on. What's up? Trent, Hello? we got you? Hey. Yeah, Trent, you're uh, on. What's up? I, hey, sorry about that. Uh, I agree no with problem. you. I think if you look at the Fox News poll uh, and you dig into the numbers where you know, the voters were twice as likely to be less supportive uh, as opposed to more supportive of a no vote. 
You look at her fringe uh, supporters are more likely to leave her than Kevin leaves her. I think this is a legacy vote and uh, indication that she doesn't have long in Washington. I think you're right. I, I think I think uh, honestly, I think she's conceding the race, and this is a legacy vote. Uh, and maybe maybe an eye towards uh, you know she'd like to remain in, involved in democratic politics after she loses, uh, you know, or, or, or get a lobby. I I don't know, but I think this is a legacy vote. This is about. This is this is her true feeling about Kavanaugh, and it's going to cost her the election, and she's going to go down swinging. Which I there's a certain amount to to maybe admire about that. I don't know, but yeah, this was I, not I a politically calculated vote. Going this down with her beliefs, as opposed sure. to let's see where the wind is taking this political fight, and I'll vote accordingly. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know that there was a good vote for her because right, she votes the other way. She looks calculating. She votes this way. Well, now she's she's basically endorsing the hate campaign Democrats ran against Kavanaugh. I don't know there was a good way for her to vote here. Trent, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, let's sneak in Matt here before the break. Go ahead, Matt. You're on. I, I think you, you just touched on it. I think this uh, secures uh, a job for her after this is over, which also tells me um, she believed the polling or her internal polling was just as bad as what we are seeing with, with the rest of it. And uh, this is allowing her to uh, to secure her future in the Democrat Party doing whatever. Um, but it, it definitely tells me that she's going to get buried on uh, in November. Yeah, I just don't. And again, I mean, anything can happen, but it's October, and there's not a lot of time left. As a matter of fact, already there's already been thousands of votes cast in this race. Uh, early voting is going on now. People are going to be locking in their votes now. And uh, I, I, I just don't see how she comes back for this. Matt, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Caller, Scott, you're on. What's up? Hey, uh, my thought on this, I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out who I'm going to vote for. I went on the uh, Hike Camp website this morning, and she's got a number of issues that she's taken position on, but there was absolutely nothing regarding the judicial nominee. Um, she has been very tight-lipped, hasn't said anything publicly about it, um, and that's very telling to me. So I'm leaning more towards Kramer. Yeah, well, I mean, she's she's tight-lipped about a lot of things. I mean, she's been dodging reporters nationally. I mean, you should read what reporters write on Twitter about her literally running away from her, uh, from them, you know, trying to avoid their questions. You know, I, I think her decision on this could be respected more if she was more candid, just sat down, talked with people a little bit more. But, I mean, she's totally. done this, for, I mean, for six years, she's stiff-armed people like me who want to talk to her, you know, um, and, and not not just me, but other radio hosts, other people. I mean, anybody who might even be a remotely critical of her or, or call her on the mat on an issue, she avoids us all. And I think a lot of that's catching up with her. And, boy, this, this decision here is uh, – remarkable I, I i don't i don't see how she wins the election now uh, and and i say this i've been cautious about saying stuff like that all election cycle i don't see how she wins scott i really don't I thanks for the I call agree. gotta go I to a br- i don't got- think she's reflecting north dakota yeah gotta go to a break uh former trump advisor mark lauder joins me next year on the rob report 970 wdym 93.1 fm no go away welcome back rob port 970 WDYM 93.1 FM broadcasting on the station that broke the news about Senator Heitkamp's vote on Brett Kavanaugh. That's right. We had the exclusive. You know why? Because, well, this station's pretty, we're pretty darn good at our jobs around here, I like to think. Um, I want to, my, my guest now is Mark Lauder. He's a former advisor to uh, President Trump. 
Uh, but before we get to that, I wanted to get this is what Senator Heitkamp's brother, uh, who is, is, is a competitor of mine, obviously, uh, also hosts a radio show. Um, he was just on NBC and he's he, MSNBC and he said this about Senator Heitkamp deciding to vote for Brett Kavanaugh. He said this, I quote, and this is, by the way, from a Washington Post reporter who put it out on Twitter. Uh, Joel Heitkamp said, I, I quote, she may lose, but in the morning when she's brushing her teeth, she needs to like the person she sees. Let me think on that. Let me think on that. Why does it they why don't the high camps just call us deplorables then? Because the polling shows most North Dakotans support Kavanaugh. The polling shows most North Dakotans support President Trump. And so what he's saying is essentially that Brett Kavanaugh is some sort of a despicable person. And that I guess the majority of North Dakotans who support Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation to the Supreme Court are by extension despicable people. That's what the height camps think of you. Anyway, let's move on to our guest, Mark Lauder. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing well, Rob. How are you? We got some breaking news here. North Dakota, I'm sure you've heard. What do you make of it all? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to keep up with it. You guys are breaking so much news. But, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, Heidi Heidkamp has shown that she's going to do the bidding of, uh, you know, her liberal beliefs and her liberal masters in D.C. and out on the West Coast and not represent the views of, of North Dakota. And, and we see it on display. We saw it with the tax cuts vote. We see it now here with, with Judge Kavanaugh in that I'm sure she needs to run out to Silicon Valley in order to save her fledgling campaign and go, and go count on millions of dollars coming in for her for her voting no but it just shows you she's just out of touch with what people want. Well, I, I think that's the problem. I don't think this is the outcome North Dakotans want. And and part of me feels, Mark, like like this is the senator saying, I'm not going to win this race, uh, so now I'm free to just, just vote, vote for the outcome I want, which is President Trump not getting to make an, uh, an appointment to the Supreme Court. I, this, and I'll this tell you seems what's like even and more I, offensive is, is the statement you just read from her brother from MSNBC is that she doesn't even understand what her duty is as a United States senator. Tell the Republicans who voted for Ruth Bader Ginsburg that they had to like her. That they don't like her politics. They don't like her decision-making. But was she a qualified nominee, even though we disagreed? Absolutely. It's why she got, I believe, 96, 95 votes somewhere north of you know mid-90s. And they can't do that. They can't put their politics aside. They can't get over the fact they lost a presidential election. And that's why, because they fundamentally disagree from a politics standpoint, they're failing to do their job, which is to advise and consent on whether the president's nominee is qualified. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. What are you listeners making of all this? What are you seeing in terms of of Senator Heitkamp making the, the this the decision on this vote, Mark, I I have been very careful throughout this election because Senator Heitkamp is a hugely talented politician, uh, and I mean look no further than the election victory she pulled out in 2012. She knows what she's doing, uh, so I've been careful to this point. Never to, despite the fact that Kevin Kramer's led in the polls consistently since February, I've been very careful never to count her out because a lot could change very very quickly, particularly when it's somebody you're up against somebody as skilled as Senator Heitkamp. So I've been careful not to say that this race is ever over, that anybody's ever out of it. I look at this right now, she looks like she's out of it. I mean, this this looks like a concession to me. 
Yeah, and, and again, I agree with you to, to a certain extent. But and, and to be honest, I mean, Republicans can't view it that way. If you view it as already over and you don't show up, she will be reelected. Uh, so we've got to make sure. But I, I think, you know, from that skilled politician, she is going to run up to New York City. She's going to run out to San Francisco and she's going to start collecting six and seven figure checks, as many of them as she can, to try to change this thing in the last 30 days. And there's no way that she can go out there to to the socialist leaders of uh, of her party and say, give me money when she voted for Kavanaugh. So I think this is all about trying to get those dollars in uh, and trying to turn this thing around, because when you have back to back polls in a matter of a week showing a double digit deficit, that's pretty that's pretty uh, big mountain to climb in 30 days. Yeah, 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Now, she, she put out a statement, and it's I've, – I've, Senator Heitkamp, I don't think I, – I, I've never seen a statement from her that's like less than 1,000 words, I, she, I, and I read a lot of press statements. But anyway, she's got one out. I put it up at sayanythingblog.com if you want to read it. But it basically – her justification for this vote is she's got concerns about his past conduct, like the beer drinking. She's got concerns about his temperament, like he got mad when he got called a serial rapist. Uh, she's got problems about uh, his his honesty, right? Uh, you know, the idea that, oh, he wasn't, you know, entirely forthcoming. Uh, basically, all the left-wing talking points that we've seen uh, for a while – I mean, she just bought into that. And, and I feel like the average North Dakota voter out here is going to be sitting – I think the reason why the last two polls suddenly you saw Kevin Kramer suddenly jump up to a, a double digit lead is a reaction, a blowback to the way Democrats have handled this confirmation process. And how here's Senator Heitkamp justifying her vote against Kavanaugh, citing that very argument that I think has her so far behind in the polls right now. Yeah, I mean, it's really remarkable uh, when you see this because they have done everything they can from day one. Let's not forget that Democrats and their radical, you know, resist movement literally stood outside in July in front of the Supreme Court with fill-in-the-blank protest signs waiting for the president to put a name on it. And they sent out news releases that had fill-in-the-blank. Some of them forgot to fill in the blank of which name they were actually opposing. It did not matter who the president nominated. They were going to be opposed to it. When they couldn't win it on the merits of his qualifications, they went down this massive rabbit hole of, of unfounded allegations. And what we've got to remember is now we've had seven background investigations for Judge Kavanaugh. And in specifically when it comes to these allegations, there has still not been a single witness to be able to back up any of these people's claims. None. And so – yeah. Every time they just keep – they just want to delay it, delay, delay, delay. The clock has run out, and I'm predicting that Judge Kavanaugh will be Justice Kavanaugh by Monday. What's, what's interesting to me, because another part of her – another part of her this, – this is, this is what she said in her statement. I'm going to quote directly. She says, I quote, we need to take politics out of the Supreme Court as much as possible. And it takes Republicans and Democrats in the Senate, the administration, and individuals around the country to help make that possible. We live in a very divisive time, but we could change that. Both sides horribly handled the process around this nomination. We must learn from these mistakes. How could she say that when she turns around to cast a vote that essentially makes those tactics successful? 
right? If Kavanaugh loses, right? If Senator Heikamp, she's voting against them, so she gets her way and Kavanaugh loses, of course people are going to continue to use those tactics. They worked. What do we know in politics? Politicians will do whatever works. And it's also, again, a one-sided argument. I don't see Senator Heitkamp out there condemning Ruth Bader Ginsburg when she called then-candidate Donald Trump fake and questioned what kind of world would we live in if he ever got elected president. She's a sitting justice of the Supreme Court. I didn't see those allegations being pushed back. But when a Republican dares defend their honor after being called a serial rapist, that's... I mean, it just shows you the level of hypocrisy. I mean, right now we're dealing with the fact that they're all running up and down saying the FBI investigation is a whitewash and it wasn't enough. Well, like they were ever going to say anything else. Democrats hysterical when the president questioned the FBI. It shook the foundations of our government and our rule of law. No, it only applies when conservatives say stuff. It never applies to their own. Yeah, 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Emailer Craig says, if Kavanaugh does not go through, there's not a man in this country that is safe from accusations with nothing to back it up. The disgusting antics is on the hands of every Democrat, including Heidi. Um, and, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think that's that's the problem, is is a vote against Kavanaugh. Because I, I feel like this has become bigger even than Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh's clearly qualified i mean he's, he's been on the the second highest court in the law in the land for a while he was uh nominated to that or appointed to that court with no problems whatsoever he's clearly called qualified to sit here this isn't really about kavanaugh anymore this is a larger issue of of what's in bounds now for politics uh and a, a vote against kavanaugh at this point is a vote for everything that's been done to him being in bounds that's really what this is about and- now mark I agree completely, and and let and let's be absolutely clear. You know, any woman that who has been assaulted, you know, that is inappropriate, and they need to have their voices heard. But if you're going to make an allegation, you need to be able to corroborate it in some way, shape, or form. We cannot just have people. We we live in a country where you are innocent until proven guilty, not the other way around. And you literally have Democrats right now. And in recent days saying, well, he's still guilty even if, he, if, even if you can't prove it. That's fundamentally changing how America works, and it's wrong. They're just doing it for political gain. Yeah. Caller, Jerry, you're on. What's up, Jerry? Hi. How are you, Rob? Good show. So, Thank you. I, it was interesting to watch uh, Dr. Ford, um, uh, you know, three degrees, uh, testifying with her head down, looking over her glasses, a lock of hair over her uh, glasses, shoulders forward, and meekly talking and being this poor victim, right? And then when uh, somebody questioned her about something, there was a moment when she threw her glasses back, stuck her head up, stuck up her chin, threw her shoulders back, and I think we saw the true Dr. Ford right there. Not this little, well, you know, the one and a half. Are you kidding me? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I have a problem reading into people's demeanors. And I, and I say this, I actually have a background. I worked in criminal defense for a while as an investigator. And I could tell you that I, I, I would hear this a lot 
when you're talking about people who are observing the victim of a crime or the alleged perpetrator of a crime. And there was a lot of talk about from cops, from observers, from witnesses, from jurors about the way somebody ought to behave in a given situation. And I can tell you that in extremely stressful situations, there is no right way to behave. So I don't want to play this game where we're, we're looking at, at uh, Professor Ford's body language or anything like that. The problem with her accusation is that it's not substantiated. The people that she named were witnesses. Either They, they don't remember it happening. Um, that's on the record. That's the problem with her claim. The problem with her claim is the inconsistencies in her story, not her body language at the hearing. Frankly, I thought she came across extremely credible at the hearing. The problem is she doesn't have a lot of facts on her side, and it's not enough. Jerry, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I want to keep moving. Uh, let's get Al on here quick before the break. Real quick, Al, what's up? Hey, great, uh, great show. Um, the, the one thing on Ford, though, we, let's not forget that they wanted to go last. You know, the, when when does the accuser ever get to go last? That that was sort of revealing to me. And as far as Heidi, Heidi's going to do what's good for Heidi. And, you know, I think her analysis was she looked at it and said, "I'm going to lose anyway, so at least I'll, I'll vote no and I'll be getting some job down yeah. the road with the Democrat Party." Yeah, Al, thanks for the call. You know, that's a step, Mark, the last, last question to you. I mean, that seems to be what her brother was doing on MSNBC is is just trying to paint it, conceding the loss and pay, trying to paint it as a moral victory. That's what it looks, sounded like to me. And there will be, and I'm sure there will be ample opportunity for her to, to uh, you know, get a high-paying job as a as a lobbyist or as a, as a yeah. television commentator. Uh, but the one thing is we've still got 30 days to go. And no lead is safe until you count the votes on Election Day. So Republicans need to make sure they keep this up and show up in November and make sure you bring somebody with you. I agree. Uh, Mark, thanks. uh, Thanks for your time today. This is the Rob Report 970. Yeah, absolutely. This is the Rob Report 970, WDYM 93.1 FM. We'll be back. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Report 970, WDYM 93.1 FM. What do you think of Heitkamp saying she'll vote no on Kavanaugh? A couple minutes left. Let's get uh, straight to the phone. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk, WDAY.com. Jay, you're on. What's up? Thank you. Maybe because there's still a dispute of who's telling the truth and who's not, Judge Kavanaugh or his uh, few accusers that he has, maybe the defendable position for Heidi to take would be to abstain from voting on such a short notice unless they can wait longer to take the vote until one of the sides... uh, in these two two sides, uh, admits that they're yeah. lying. If if that could be possible, yeah. You well, know, here's here's the thing with that from voting because it's being taken too soon yeah. before you can really reach a solid conclusion. I don't. So do I, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know that it's too soon, Jay. Um, the the FBI's investigated this. I mean, we've, we've this has been going on for weeks. There's been plenty of there's been an army of journalists working on this. I feel like if there was more. Uh, we'd have more. I feel. I feel like most of the, the the big revelations we're getting now are are smears and unsubstantiated rumors. So I say confirm him. If you could make a, a credible case against him, he could be impeached. We have that process in the Constitution for a reason. As for whether or not Senator Heitkamp should abstain, uh, I, this was a this this was a political decision. She was making a political decision here, and I I think the political decision that's even worse for her than voting no is abstaining. Because then that looks even more calculated. I, I think I think by saying she's going to vote no, she can, you know, like like her brother's already been doing on MSNBC, you know, trying to paint it as a as a sort of moral victory or 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 paint it as a as a principled stand. 
That's the political calculation she's made. Abstaining is an act of cowardice, and I, I think that would have been even worse for her. So at least here she could say, oh, no, I'm taking a stand and rally sort of the, the liberal base around her. Yeah. Well, very interesting. I think I might have abstained if I were uh, in that position myself. But uh, okay. I don't. Thanks I don't. Your... I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. No. I, I appreciate your call, and I appreciate your point of view, Jay. I, I really do. I would not have voted to abstain. I would have voted to confirm him. And and the reason why is, if if Kavanaugh is defeated, we're going to get more of this. Every confirmation is going to be this. It's going to be this ugly. Every single time, every person who's going to be up for some office somewhere, uh, you're going to have people coming out of the woodworks with all sorts of claims about things they did as a teenager. And, and listen, don't get me wrong. People who legitimately did bad things uh, deserve to be held accountable for that. You know, the problem is, is I don't I don't want every every confirmation battle to become a smear fest. You know, that's that's the thing that we've got to be careful about here. And that's the thing I, I don't want to let win is the way Democrats handled this. I mean, even even Senator Heitkamp herself. I mean, let's go back to her statement again. She said that she said that both sides horribly handled the process around this nomination. Well, you know what? The thing is, if you really believe that way, Senator Heitkamp, why did you vote for the way this has been handled to win? Why did you vote for that? That's what I don't understand. Hey, anyway, that's it for me today. Jay Thomas, show straight ahead. Ed Schaefer, former Governor Ed Schaefer, sitting in for me tomorrow. Uh, this is The Rob Report. You can always catch me here 12 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com, North Dakota's most popular political blog. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.